Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck, too tall, Stuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, but we know not everything, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. I'm checking to see if that worked. I think it did. Yeah. Depends on the commas. I, yeah, it I did work. You out. did the intro today. Yeah. How about it's, that? It's about time. It is. Yeah. I've been slacking these last couple of weeks. Very slacking. That's mainly what's been going on. Much um, slack. I did have some dental work done, but that's minuscule compared to the slacking <laughs> I've been doing. Yeah. So let, let it be said here first. I take responsibility for my slacks. Okay. <laughs> I'm just reading the live chat right now, and that was a good. That's a good suggestion. I think that maybe we should try that. I yeah. don't know. Well, this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. And luckily, today is one of those days that we wanted to. There is not a ton, a ton of pressing news that we have to go through today, but we have some good stories. We have to talk about Biden proposing that we almost double the capital gains tax. All right. We have to talk about the Postal Service running a covert operations program that monitors social media. Because that's part of what the post office is supposed to do, for sure. And we have a good article here from Brad Palumbo over at FEE about a Biden policy potentially reducing household income and how, man, they're just always for the little guy, right? That's what they're always working on, mm-hmm. is working for the for the little guy. But first, before we do any of that, you need to smash that mother truck and subscribe button. Yes, I said that for my mother who's watching live as we do this, which you can do by going to patreon.com slash Liberty, but I'm not going to do an ad about it. Uh, but look, subscribe, because this is probably one of your favorite podcasts, and I know that. Because of all the comments we get about how it's people's favorite podcast. That's those aren't my words. Yeah. Those are words of actual listeners. Judging by all the reviews, it, mm. it seems like that's the case. So you might as well hit subscribe because you're going to anyway. So just do it today and get it over with. It takes about two seconds. Subscribe. And then uh, that, that'll be probably one of the best things you do all day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yesterday we talked a lot about the uh, Micaiah Bryant shooting, the one that happened in Columbus, Ohio. And we, this is good news. Uh, we, uh, yeah, we've got a, a weird thing to do here, which is give credit to Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo on CNN. So before you stop listening, yeah, all right, this is weird, but you got to do it. This place, like Good Morning Liberty, is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And within that, that all that is held together by a set of principles. Okay, I and literally that, was going to have this conversation that, start the show today. Yeah. Because yeah. we're on the same wavelength. I know. And I. We yeah. have the same periods, too. Yeah. <laughs> our, <laughs> our cycles, our cycles <laughs> sync up yeah, together. That's how it goes. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what tends to happen, I think. <laughs> but, but anyway, through default of, you know, other people we live with, probably. But... <laughs> Does it work like that? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. read I read it in a science a science journal. Yeah, yeah. That's what it says. Sci- Scientology. Saw it on CNN. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when it comes to a movement or an ideology or anything that you actually believe in, you have to have a base set of principles. And what that means is uh, it's not everyone is your enemy. When somebody does something correctly, who typically you argue against quite a bit, then you have to present that as evidence of saying, hey, look, 
this is where we will agree. Mm -hmm. You know, we will agree with these types of things, even if it's coming from people who mostly, for lack of a better word, shit on liberty all the time. <laughs> yeah. And this is where they have decided not to drop their jaws and and take a dump on liberty. They've decided to actually logically think about something. Maybe for once in their lives. I know that sounds I've very never condescending. Seen, I've never of, seen this before of me, but they they might have had other genuine logical thoughts. But we figured we'd point one out. Does um, this still count as giving them credit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sure does. Let's sure as hell does. Let's listen to these idiots real quick. <laughs> no, but what Charlie was saying about the principles, it's it's really important. And you know, it, there are so many different things going on all the time that we have to talk about and we do we try to do five shows every single week and there's a lot to talk about and the good thing about that is it's really never hard to know where i come down on any of these stories and i know that because i have a set of principles that i live off of and i try to not ever go against those and if i realize that i'm going against those then I, then i check myself because it's bad i heard to wreck yourself and so I do always check myself. I check my principles and make sure that I'm following them. It doesn't mean that you're going to be a perfect person or anything like that. It just means that you've got a standard basis that you, you base your ideas, you base your opinions off of. And that's really what we try to talk about every day. So when we give our opinions on the news or we talk about the news, it always comes from that baseline of principles. And that really is self-ownership. That really is individual liberty, individualism. And when you really have that as a base concept, then you can talk about all of these different news items that we have every day, and you can automatically know where you come down on them. And that's something that these guys don't do very often. <laughs> all right. Now. I mean, sure, it's a backhanded compliment. Yeah. But, but this goes to show you, because a lot of people will be like, well, you know, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo are idiots. I'll never listen to them. And this just goes to show that there are times where people who you disagree with all the time can have uh, moments of clarity. All right, here we <laughs> Anyway, here, here's these assholes. <laughs> you got a 16-year-old kid that's gone. Yeah. And it's a hard one. I do not know how to explain this to people in a way that doesn't make somebody very angry. Well, yes, and we're dealing with a lot of emotion right now, and I'm going to talk about that in a moment. And I think that is, um, um, it's real. And you have to take that, that part has to be taken in, into account. There's a lot of anguish. Uh, people are very emotional right now, but we've got to be fair about what happens when police arrive at scenes. It is tragic that it's a 16-year-old girl, just as it is tragic that it's a 13-year-old in Chicago. Um, when police are chasing people, they don't know how old they are. And they don't run and say, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13. You know, my mom let me that you don't know that. Or I'm 16. When they roll up on a scene, they see people tussling around. Someone has a knife and their job is to protect and serve every life on that scene. And if they see someone who is in the process of taking a life, what is that decision? What decision do they have to make? And I know that people say, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Tasers don't work the way guns work. Not Tas at that. Not at that distance. Not at that distance, and, and not with that amount of time. That, yeah, right. Tasers then they don't always connect. So you've got to get you know two prongs or what have you, and it's got to connect. Okay. So, yeah, that's Ex right. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's. We just played a clip of Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo, and we're saying that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's principles. 
right there. Mm-hmm. When you can do that, and you, and you can, so it's just they're they're completely right about this. People are upset about this. LeBron James tweeted some ridiculousness last night. He's upset about it, and then he promptly deleted that because he saw all the backlash he was getting about it. He said it was because it was causing it was drumming up too much hate. That's what what happened was he probably dug in just a little bit more on the story and realized that the cop did what the cop was supposed to do. And not only that, the cop must have spent a lot of time at the range because, man, I, was, I, I mean, that's ac- he was accurate. Mm-hmm. There was another person there that he that he could have hit if he was off just by a little bit. But what Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo just said is completely right. A taser. You can't trust a taser in this scenario. There's pe- still people arguing with us on our Twitter about how the person should have used the taser. The girl was in mid-swing with a with another girl pinned up against the car. And she was swinging a knife towards this girl. You don't just hope a taser sticks to her and knocks her down. Mm-hmm. She's about to stab someone which could kill them. The cop did what he was supposed to do. All right? It's it's it's, it's really that simple. It is sad. It's a sad situation. But that's that's all it amounts to is that it's sad. Yeah. Um, we said yesterday we're sad for her family, you know, mm-hmm. family and friends, but there, a cop pulls up and you're trying to stab one girl. She goes on the ground. You go towards another girl. You pin her up against a car and you're swinging towards her with a knife. The guy did exactly what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And it's very unfortunate. So, uh, and one part of this with the anti-police movement, with the BLM, all of that, there's potentially a good thing that could come out of this, which is people are going to see just how unhinged and unprincipled people inside of this movement are. And it's going to really weed out and it's going to divide inside of that, inside of that movement. I don't mean that we need to divide, that we need to divide and destroy the anti-police brutality movement or anything like that. But this was not police brutality. And the people who think that it was were showing that they're thinking only based on emotions. They're thinking only based on race and emotions and victimhood and all that stuff we were talking about yesterday and nothing about whether or not the cop was actually doing the job that they were supposed to do. And that's what that's what the guy did. I think Mm -hmm. people need to be talking about the name of the girl that was wearing pink because he potentially saved her life. And that's the that's the name that people need to be worried about because she's still alive and he stopped her from getting stabbed. So that, that's that's really all I have to say about that. I yeah, I couldn't have said it better. That's you're right about that, so man. So I didn't. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. All right. Well, tell me about uh, tell me about taxes. Well, if you pay attention to the markets like we do every single day, you'll notice uh, today has a very sharp drop in all of the indexes at the same time, and everyone's wondering, well, how was what what happened to cause that one 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 and a half percent drop? And the markets rebounded a little bit off of it. But right when that happened, news broke um, from Bloomberg, I believe, and this is coming from Reuters, that Biden is going to propose almost doubling the capital gains tax rate for wealthy individuals. Mm. So great idea. So what did they do? <laughs> they went ahead and took some profits. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. And then not only it's not only people have to realize with the markets, it's not only people taking profits, it's people worried about people taking profits. And so they see this signal. And they think, well, this means people are going to be trying to take profits before this tax goes into place. And so I'm going to sell now because this is going to cause some type of a market downturn. Yeah. And so I need to sell too. So it's, it's, a, it's a trigger in all kinds of ways. Another way to look at this is um, save 20%. 
or a 20% discount. Yeah. So that's what they were doing. They decided, Oh, look, I'm going to, I'm going to get the sale, right? I'm not going to pay 20% more of my money towards the government. So coming from Reuters, U.S. President Joe Biden will propose nearly doubling the capital gains tax rate for wealthy individuals, and that's defined as people making more than a million dollars a year, from what I read on Bloomberg, to 39.6%, which, coupled with an existing surtax on investment income for the Obamacare uh, tax, means that federal tax rates for investors could be as high as 43.4%. Mm. That's 43.4%. Now, Nate, I didn't. I should ask you this before because you mm -hmm. could have had it ready. Yeah. But how much? How many gains do you need to make to make up for that forty-three point four percent that's being taken from you? Well, I mean, you need to make it. Depending on what the inflation is, and and um, what the thing that I noticed from this is, this could be good for us on some of the stocks that we're looking at. By the way, because it could send some money into the growth stocks where people think they're going to get really big 20, 30, 40, 50% gains on things, and not so much in the stocks where they think they're going to get 3, 4, 5% gains, something like that, because half of that's going to be taken away. And if they're really worried about making the, the same amount of money or more, because everyone wants more all the time, they might be looking at things that can net them some more profit. And I don't know exactly what they have to make to, uh, to make up for it, but I know that this is obviously going to discourage investment from people it's it's going to have obviously the effect of discouraging investment from people and it's not for just it's this isn't really going to hurt super rich people that's that's really the issue people always think about this as a way to tax the super rich and that's not really what's going to happen because the super rich people can just keep their money in the market so you only pay the capital gains tax rate if you take your money out of the market mm -hmm. the super rich people can keep their money in the market or they can do other stuff with it too. But if they've got their money in the market, they can keep their money in the market and then they could just go to a bank and get a line of credit based on their net worth. And they could just live off of that. And they don't really ever need to take mm -hmm. the money out of the stock that they have. So they don't ever have to pay the 43% tax. They can just pay whatever the, the interest rate is on their line of credit. They're going to take from the bank. That's a pretty uh, famous story. We've talked about from Mark Zuckerberg a bunch that that's how he was living was taking lines of credit from banks and only paying like 3% interest rate on it instead of having to pay any income taxes or capital gains taxes or anything like that on his investments. So well, all the, all while arguing taxes should go up. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he can feel good about that. Yeah. And so it, it hurts the people who can't just live off of that, keep their money in the market like that. It is going to have a negative effect on the market overall because it will have the effect of, of discouraging investment and the people that this will actually hurt are the people who don't have a ton of money in the market. And you might think, here's what I'll get around this argument. And people who don't think two or three steps ahead will think that they've gotten away from this argument. But they'll think, well, it's under a million dollars, right? And you say it's a million dollar threshold, something like that. A million, three million. I saw different tax brackets inside of what it was going to be. Mm -hmm. That doesn't, that doesn't matter because if you discourage investment and you send the market down by doing this, the smaller people are hurt because their investments, their retirements are going down. And so while That's they, what most people forget about. Yeah, they might not qualify for the 43% tax, but a lot of people's retirement accounts are going to get hurt by this. Or they're going to be discouraged from their retirement accounts going over a million dollars. Yeah. 
We'll be like, hey, can you stop that at like 990? <laughs> yeah. And I'll just retire on that <laughs> rather than rather than uh, the million or whatever. There's just all way, all all kinds of different ways that people who have what seems like an unlimited amount of money can get around things like this. But people, your your average everyday middle class person who's got their normal retirement account can't escape from this thing. And they might not even qualify for it, but they're going to get hurt by it. And it might not seem like a lot, but a few percentage points compounded over 10, 15, 20 years is going to be a massive reduction in the amount of money that someone could have had to retire on, to leave their kids or to to live off of after they want to retire from their job. Compounded, you're, I mean, it's it would be a massive amount. I'll just say massive a bunch of times, and it will sound massive because I said that word a lot. But no one will pay attention to that, and that really does become a tax on people who have less than the million dollars that are going to be hitting this capital gains tax rate. As always, the people who have plenty of money will find ways to get around this. They always will, and, and I commend them for doing so. Mm-hmm. I want to get to that point to where I can always get around this, for sure. True. That'll be true. Freedom comes when I can afford the team of lawyers, tax lawyers and accountants Yeah, to pay as little bit to the government as I possibly can. When you literally don't care what the government does at all, Mm -hmm. that's when your true freedom actually happens. There's 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 some people who have hit that point where it doesn't matter. They're going to live the rest of their lives. Nothing is going to change regardless of what the government does at all. And it doesn't matter if they even change what they're doing or if they work harder or do anything. Those people have achieved true freedom. And if they find ways to get around the tax, good for them. Then I could finally hop on my virtue signaling pedestal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and tell everyone that the, we need to tax the rich more. Mm. Then, even, even though I'm not paying any. <laughs> and then you could feel good about yourself, yeah. but not actually have to suffer the consequences of the policies that you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, oh, there you go. That's a good plan, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a video conference from the golf course I'm playing on. So this could help us in our, since we're invested in what we call growth stocks. Riskier stocks. Riskier stocks that have been down a bunch. This could help that. Now, remember, everyone who is in Liberty Trading Academy, remember that this is just a proposal. This is not going through uh, Congress yet. This is not being enshrined into law yet. There's a lot of things that have to happen for that, but this could eventually see people rotating money out of things where they're going to get a few percent. There's another thing, like the disincentive to buy things like government bonds. Well, the government needs some some people to buy some bonds, and it's just if you're going to be taxing so much more of that and, and incentivizing people to put their money in the things that are going to gain 20 or 30% in a year versus something that's going to gain a couple percent guaranteed. And it's not a great long-term plan for them. Mm-mm. They, the government just hates investment. I don't know if they hate it because they can't do it. I don't know if this is just natural, uh, just a natural thing that happens and there's no malicious ideology behind it. Or if they really hate seeing people put money into things and, and are able to actually make money off of that. I don't know which one it really is. But they don't like the idea of people investing money into something and it growing over time. And then you being able to recoup a benefit from that. Well, they don't. I don't think they hate it. They just want more of it. Yeah. They, they, they think they're entitled to it because they're over here running $10 trillion deficits. 
and need somebody to fund that for them so they can keep on their merry way. Yeah, I mean, what's that way they can have $25 million lobster meals. And what's this tax going to give them another month of spending? I read in Bloomberg that it was supposed to be 380 billion over 10 years. (laughs) So, so what's that? 38 billion a year, 380 billion over 10 years. We spend 38 billion in about two days, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it's about it's something around nineteen to twenty billion a day or something like so that. Is what two we're days, two days of government function. <laughs> That's what it's for. I didn't think it was that low. Yeah. Doubling the capital <laughs> gains rate, by the way, and also, I mean, look, I, it is a proposal. I know that, but I think it's going to happen just because if you saw what happened in the House today, we didn't put this story in the in the stack today, but uh, the House passed the uh, bill to make DC a state. Yeah, by the way. Um, so there's an interesting conversation about the constitutionality of that, um, that, that we don't have time to get into today, but these type of proposals, what they're doing, I mean, I think they're just going to go, they're just going to do it. One thing I'll say about the DC statehood thing, I don't think it'll get through the Senate. No, uh, I don't think it'll go, but what I do want to say to people like us, because I've been looking into it today, I've been reading about the constitutionality about it, uh, around all of it. And that's really the part that I care about. And I also care about the the ideology behind D.C. not being a state and not having representatives. I care about that part of it. Just make sure that your bias of being worried about getting two more Democratic senators or however many more representatives, make sure that that bias is not driving your feelings about it. And I'm not saying that it is, especially for people who listen to this podcast, but Make sure it's based on good principles and ideology about federalism, about individual liberty, about the power of the federal government, all of that, and and not because you're worried that the Democrats would have 52 in the Senate and the Republicans would have 50. You yeah. know, just if it, if that's your reasoning, then that's that's not a good reason. It's a reason to be worried about the Democrats having a majority easily in the Senate. There's, you can be worried about that. But that's the, not a good principle for not wanting D.C. to be a state. On the flip side, I think the Democrats are genius. They they do these little things. Mm-hmm. You notice these little tiny things that they do all the time. They all add up. And it's so smart. They're so smart on that side of things. Like, okay, how do we retain more power? Hmm, let's create another state that's going to 100% guarantee be Democrat. But I think that's genius. I, it is really smart. This yeah. is not the first time people have talked about doing it. This isn't the first time that the House has voted to make D.C. a state. Yeah. So that I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, why are they why are they doing it? Do you think they're actually doing it because they care about representing the people of Washington because they're being disenfranchised? Yeah. No. No. That's not it at all. Anyone who actually believes that. Come on. Come on, man. There's no way that people could actually believe that the reasoning behind this has to do with the voting rights or the representation rights of the people who live in Washington, the, the Democrats in Congress, that that's why they want to do it. The, we, all, we have to know that. It, they want more votes. That's, that's what they want. And You should hit your come on, man button. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. I do need a, which one is that? Is that this one? Come on, man. It is that one right there. That's a good one. Come on, man. Okay. The next story from Yahoo. 
<laughs> the Postal Service is running a covert operations program that monitors Americans' social media posts. First of all, because you mentioned Yahoo that way, Yahoo could have been the biggest company we've ever seen ever. Mm-hmm. They totally dropped the ball. They really Several messed balls. up. They dropped a lot yeah. of balls. I mean, they could have they could have beat Google. They had an opportunity to buy Google <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. They didn't do it. So whoever their CEO was at the time, man, they really screw messed that guy. up. Yeah. I mean, and they're still making money, but the, not what it could have been. I only have to read the first sentence, I think, for us to have a, a whole a whole conversation. So I'll read the first sentence and we'll see if I even need to read more. The law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service. You don't need to read the first sentence. I don't even have to finish the sentence. The the law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service. I didn't even know they had one. Yeah. They have one? They've. Yeah. I'm sure they have a SWAT team. Yeah. Of course they have a SWAT team. I know the Department of Education does. I just (laughs) didn't. I I guess assume every federal agency has one. The law enforcement arm of the U.S. Postal Service has been quietly running a program that tracks and collects American social media posts, including those about planned protests, according to a document document obtained by Yahoo News. The details of the surveillance effort, known as ICOP, or Internet Covert Operations Program, have not previously been made public. The work involves having analysts trowel through social media sites to look for what the document describes as inflammatory postings and then sharing that information across government agencies. Jesus. I mean, you're talking about it. Listen, I know the government does stuff like this. I'm trying to figure out why they don't just have the Postal Service working on getting my freaking letter to someone faster than four or five days. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't they run on budget? Why can't they do that? How do they afford this law enforcement arm? Yeah. It's the analysts with the United States Postal Inspection Service, internet, the ICOP, mon- monitored significant activity regarding planned protests occurring internationally and domestically on March 20th, 2021, says March, uh, says the bulletin marked law enforcement sensitive and distributed through the Department of Homeland Security's fusion centers. See, Why isn't the Department of Homeland Security doing this? I don't know. See, this is the issue. Like, it's not just the Department of Homeland Security that you need to be worried about watching you, the big brother that's watching you all the time. It's the post office that you also need to be worried about, apparently. Why are they doing this? Why is this part of what they're... Quote, locations and times have been identified for these protests. Great. I'm... <laughs> Which are being Todd, distra- Todd is saying there are more non-military U.S. government officials that carry guns than Canada has in its entire military. The VA has Even a law v- enforcement agency. Wow. <laughs> they now mon- the post office now monitors posts online. Yeah, we'll have to call it something else then. I don't know. Why were they monitoring? Why are they monitoring parlays? That's not a post. It's a parlay. Yeah, I know. Come on. Uh, locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms, including right-wing leaning parlor and telegram accounts. A number of groups were expected to gather in cities around the globe on March 20th as part of a, now this is just from the bulletin. This is what, this is what broke the story or a little bit behind on this, you know, but the story just came out March 20th as part of a worldwide rally for freedom and democracy to protest everything from lockdown measures to 5g. Parlor users have commented about their intent to use the, the rallies to engage in violence. 
when contacted by see they're they're monitoring people who are talking about freedom and democracy it's an issue now i don't know why people are upset about 5g i've never understood that conspiracy theory I either it's, i don't get that one it sounds insane yeah so i'm i'm actually i'm actually just going to stick with that i'm just going to stick with it's insane mm-hmm. if someone can tell me some type of viable piece of that conspiracy theory or theory won't even put the word conspiracy in front of it someone tell me a viable piece of the 5g theory and why it's hurting people. I don't know. When contacted by Yahoo News, civil liberties experts expressed alarm at the post office's surveillance program. It's a mystery, in quotes, said University of Chicago law professor Jeffrey Stone, whom President Barack Obama appointed to review the National Security Agency's bulk data collection in the wake of the Edward Snowden leaks. He said, quote, I don't understand why the government would go to the Postal Service for examining the Internet for security issues. <clears throat> That's a great question, Jeffrey. Quote, mm-hmm. he says, this seems a little bizarre, uh, agreed Rachel Levinson Wallman, Deputy Director of the Brennan Center for Justice, Liberty, and National Security Program. Based on the very minimal information that's available online, it appears that ICOP is meant to root out misuse of the postal system by online actors. <laughs> you see, these people might be misusing the postal system. To send their mail. Yeah. And so they got, they need to have a branch that's looking at social media to see if they can root out people misusing the postal system. <laughs> we all know that this is ridiculous, right? We don't even have to talk yeah. about it a whole lot more. It's ridiculous. This is what ha- the, the government has to find a way to government all the time. Joe is saying because they have less work since Amazon started doing its own deliveries. And of course, they can't <laughs> fire anyone. Yeah, yeah you can't so fire them. just got to repurpose them, dude. You're now on Team ICOP. ICOP. What a great name for it. Uh, could you ICOP. imagine if... How could anyone in that job take it seriously? Could you imagine if uh, UPS or FedEx were had some type of a branch that was scouring social media to try and see what which of its senders could potentially be sending packages that they don't agree with? That's why my Facebook and stuff got deleted. It was a postal service who... Who reported that me tyrannical usps man. that's what it was yeah. i now they're know they're upset about you y'all check your friends list now shoot <laughs> you might have a you well, might have a postal service worker on there yeah don't be friends with anybody <laughs> who works at the post office he's definitely checking in on you he or uh, she they're, they're definitely checking in on you seeing what you're doing all right we got a, a good one here just you know the government's always looking out for a little guy this is from brad palumbo you guys know him he's got a podcast called breaking boundaries with brad palumbo that's where you, 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 along with Brad Palumbo, break boundaries. And so that's what I can come up with. Yeah. So, you know, what's really funny is the last episode that we did with him, I realized the title was a little bit funny. We talked about the dangers of packing the Supreme Court. But the title read, The Dangers of Packing the Supreme Court with Brad Palumbo. It would, sounds really dangerous. Lots of Brad Palumbo's on the court. Too many Brad Palumbo's on the court. I don't think that would be dangerous at all, Brad. I think that yeah. would be good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you still good to read? Are you, you continue okay? on. Okay. Continue on. Is your mouth hurting, man? Yeah, a little bit. Mm. I'm just going to add some color. Talking too much. Mm-hmm. From fee.org. I just, I overdid <clears throat> it. One key Biden policy will reduce household income by $1,650. $1,650 per year, study says. <clears throat> President Biden is touting his new $2.3 trillion plus spending plan as a boon to workers, even though it's the American Jobs Act. But there's a reason to believe that a key provision in Biden's plan would result in a sizable drop in income for millions of American families. You don't say. How about that? Mm. The president wants to pay 
for his multi-trillion dollar spending proposal, in part by raising the corporate tax rate from 21% to 28%. Now, since the time that he wrote this, we actually found out that he wants to raise it further than that. A, uh, oh, and that's the corporate tax rate. My bad. Mm-hmm. I read that as capital gains tax, corporate, but it is corporate. corporate tax rate. My bad. A new study from the conservative-leaning Heritage Foundation finds that this tax increase on big business would ultimately be borne in large part by workers. Heritage macroeconomist Parker Shepard projects that the economy would shrink to the tune of 1650 loss per household, with the median workers seeing an $840 decline in their annual income. Well, Problem solved. You just give everyone $650 stimulus check. Yeah. No problem. $1,650 stimulus. That the, you'll also have the corporations pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how you make up for it. Exactly. And well, they'll actually spend like $3,000 on the $1,650 stimulus check, and we'll have the corporations pay for that, which then will just mean that the wages could decline, their benefits could decline also by even more than that, and then we'll just need a bigger stimulus check. Yeah. After that. It's all, you just keep putting it on the credit card. Yeah. Corporate tax increases make investment more expensive, and investment in productivity improvements is key to wage growth. As Mises lucidly explained, more investment of capital means to give the laborer more efficient tools. This is true. People think that this is some type of crazy theory, but the more expansion we have in the free market, the more opportunities, the more competition there is out there, the more people's wages will increase. This makes complete and total sense when you think about, well, I work at a restaurant here in town and I'm able to get $10 an hour. And let's assume that there's a fixed amount of people that could potentially work at this restaurant. There's not unlimited people that live in that town. Well, another restaurant opens up across the street or right next door. That's about the best thing that could possibly happen for the workers at the other restaurant, unless it puts them out of business or something like mm-hmm. that, I guess. But what they could then say is, well, I'm going to go over to this restaurant. This restaurant's hiring. And then say, well, this one's paying me 10 and I've already got a job. I learned how to work the dishwasher and everything, you know, uh, but if you take me, well, pay me 10 50. How about that? Pay me 11. Mm-hmm. Without the competition, without the other restaurant, you don't have the ability to do that. Everything is an auction, I believe heavily in the auction theory, that you want more people bidding on your labor. You don't want to go to an auction where there's only one person there. Then the person sitting out there in the seats has got a monopoly over your product, I guess, although you don't have to sell to them. So mm-hmm. I get it. That's not an exact monopoly analogy. I got it. All right. So you want more businesses around. How do you get more businesses to be around? You need people to invest their capital. You need the economy to grow. You, you need, need more, new inventions. You need new inventions. You need more progress inside of all these different industries. You need new things to pop up that we don't even know about yet. We can't even talk about on the podcast because they haven't been invented. If we could talk about them, then we would be inventors. But we're not. Although, I do have a pretty good idea I need to talk to you about. Okay. I got a good one. Sounds good. So, uh, when this investment allows... Later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When this investment allows workers to become more productive, their wages will soon rise. And that's another one that I didn't even go into. Obviously, when you do get more productive, when you personally become more productive, you can ask for a raise. And if you are actually worth the amount of money that you're asking for, then you'll get mm-hmm. the raise. People don't like it when I say that. I have had several conversations where people do not like it when I say this. Okay. That's the evidence I have that people don't like it when I say this. Okay. Especially on Twitter. If you're worth the money that you're asking for, then you'll get it. If you don't get the money that you're asking for, 
then you weren't worth the money that you were asking mm-hmm. for. And I'm sorry about or that. Or you're a bad negotiator. You're that's, bad at negotiating potentially. too. But if the, if the person who pays your salary decides that it's better for you to not work there than to pay you this amount of money, that means that you weren't worth the amount of money you were asking for. And I'm really sorry about the feelings of people that that hurts when I say that. But it's just a simple fact of life. Unless you work for the government, which does not pay based on any, any productivity or any type of free market status. It pays based on time served. And that is how the government pays things. How many years have I been somewhere? So this is how much money I can get. Mm-hmm. All right. So and the teachers and, and, and police officers out there realize, I, I understand you're at the behest of a tyrannical government that decides how much money you can ask for, how much money you can get paid. And it's based on time served inside of the government. A lot of corporations do this too. The bigger the corporation gets, then they have these these pay structures mm-hmm. where it doesn't even matter how productive or non-productive you are. If you fit into that category, then you get a range, a salary range. De- depending on the amount of years mm-hmm. you've worked there, they say, well, I can't pay you. That's at the top of your range for this, for this amount. Now, if in fact, they hold off raises mm-hmm. even until mm-hmm. you get promoted. Mm-hmm. That's so that is true. The Heritage study finds that the Biden proposed corporate tax hike would significantly decrease investment into new business equipment and structures, which leads to lower wages over time as well. Now, that was me cutting important parts of the article. There are also great quotes from Mises and and Rothbard and all that. I would recommend that you go to the show notes and read this article from from Brad Palumbo. You know, when when Trump got these tax cuts through now, Congress got the tax cuts through. But the Trump tax cuts, when those went through, my wife got a letter in the mail, and it said, in response to the the Trump tax cuts, we are going to be upping all of these different benefits and introducing all of these new benefits, all right? And benefits are an easy thing for corporations to change. See, if you if you give someone a, if you give a corporation a tax cut and they raise wages specifically because of it, it's very hard if that tax cut is taken away from them. Very hard to reduce people's wages mm-hmm. after you've raised them. That's you're really never going to be able to do that unless you really got someone over a barrel. You know, mm-hmm. but you can take away benefits. Say, oh, we don't have this program anymore. That's why people do things when when the tax cuts happened. You saw bonuses and benefits, and not specific wage increases because they knew the tax cuts were not permanent. They knew it would eventually go away, and they knew they wouldn't be able to just decrease people's wages after that because that's a no no. Mm-hmm. But they can end a benefit plan that they used to have. So she got some in the mail saying in response to the Trump's t- in the response to the Trump tax cuts, we're going to be paying your college tuition. For all the people who work at HCA, we're going to be paying off their college tuition. That was pretty cool mm-hmm. to to see from them. And we're going to be upping the amount that we match on 401k's. We're going to be upping the amount of paid time off that we give people. All this stuff in response to the Trump tax cuts. So what they do is if the tax cuts gets taken away, well, then they'll reduce what they're doing as far as all those things go. And new workers won't get those benefits anymore. That's an unseen problem. Because for the new worker, it doesn't look like the pay got decreased. But actually, there were benefits that were available. And now there aren't benefits that are available anymore. It's another, mm-hmm. just an unseen problem. that's hard to keep track of. 
So anyhow, that's what happens. All these unseens. It's a lot of unseens. Very difficult. Okay. And they're also, yeah, they're going to they're gonna hire less people. They're going to lay people off. A lot of stuff like that coming from the live, the live group there. And um, it's pretty clear that businesses, a lot of businesses did pass down these tax cuts to a lot of their employees. And they didn't all do it in the form of raised wages for everyone, which is what people wanted to see. But remember, the benefits, they, that does count as monetary value for sure. The fact that HCA is paying my wife's college tuition is not count when when we do wage statistics. The fact that they're doing that is not counted in wage statistics. They which don't is, count total compensation. No, which is insane. We we count the wage, but we don't count the total compensation. Now, if we're talking about Walmart CEO, we talk about total compensation. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about wage, but when we're talking about people, we talk about wages. But we don't talk about total compensation. There's a reason. It's because of there the narrative. No, there can't be Nate. No. <laughs> There's it's, no way. It's just because the numbers would be, you know, yeah. their heart's in the right place. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. That's what it is. They've got good hearts. Yeah. Big old good hearts. They better watch out. That's going to attack and kill them sometime. Know, one day. Yeah. That thing, leading, leading cause of death. <laughs> so once again, we have the government doing something to make the evil, evil corporations and business owners and the 1%. Uh, pay more and they're going to pay for this infrastructure plan. You're not going to have to pay for it. The corporations are going to pay for it. But remember, corporations don't pay taxes. Their workers are going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it in the form of wages, reduce jobs, reduce benefits, and their customers are going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it uh, by way of higher prices for their goods and services. The corporations don't actually pay for anything. All right. So it doesn't matter what they say they're going to force the corporations to pay for, no matter how emotional you are or how in the, in the right you think you are or we're going to force them to do this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how true you want it to be. None of that matters. The corporations won't pay it. Their employees and their customers will pay it. So when you talk about the middle class shrinking and, and the poor in the middle class being hurt, I can think now of two very specific government programs, uh, that it's costing the, the average family a lot of money. First of all, Obamacare, you were supposed to save 2500 a year. I mean, yeah. the average family of four was going to save 2500 We heard that mm-hmm. over and over and over again. A lot of times. Not only did they not save money, but the, the premiums increased, by the way, by a lot. Okay? Like double. <laughs> so that so you're losing money there. And now you're going to lose an extra 1650 off the top. So, you know, there goes another four or $5,000 a year. And remember, if the corporation is paying for your uh for your health care they're not actually paying for your health care you're you're paying for your health care and you're taking that payment in the form of a decreased wage and a benefit from them now that works out because they get a deal when they purchase the insurance they Mm -hmm. get to buy it tax-free so they're able to get it at a cheaper rate for you and they're doing group plans. They got a lot of people on the plan and so they can charge less lower prices for everyone. They pay you less money. And then they pay you less money. They so. don't actually pay for anything. You you pay for it. Yeah. Okay. It's crazy to me that people still think this way. Um but it happens and that's our job to try and take care of. Mm-hmm. Charles is hurting over here, and I can see it in his eyes. I can feel the pain in his eyes. You look like you got some pain behind those eyes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's only one cure for that. Yeah. 
Call me Kunu. <laughs> so we're going to end the show at... It's another nickname you can throw in yeah. for me. Kunu, Kunu Thompson. Yeah. All right. So we're going to end the show with that today. As oh, what's that mean? Means Chuck. Means Chuck. For sure. Um, I, I've been saying this every day, but keeps happening. We keep getting more Patreon supporters. And you guys really are helping us push this message to more and more people. And you need to take a little bit of pride in the fact that you are putting your money where your mouth is. You're making an investment that is going to be, it's going to be hard to see a, the monetary gains from it, <laughs> but you get something in return, which is hanging out with us live every day. Uh, got an early episode that I just pushed out to people on the Patreon today from the interview that we did last night. Everyone else will be getting it over the weekend. And you're actually able to help get these ideas out there to more people, which hopefully will change things if we if we didn't think we could change people's hearts and minds then we wouldn't be wasting our time right now talk a little bit about the new uh the new change uh channel on the discord i think this is pretty cool so we're we're building up this idea right now and we don't have an exact whose idea was it It this was amanda's Amanda's, idea okay just want to make sure we give some credit um and so um, amanda came to us with this really good idea and i absolutely loved it everyone else in the group loved it and what we are trying to do is actually build a movement that could, yes, have some protests, absolutely nonviolent, absolutely nonviolent. And we are going to create what we're calling a roadmap to liberty right now. That has been one of my back of mind projects for a while. And we're all going to be working on this together inside of this group. And we're actually going to try to change things. And... It's a big, it's a big idea. It's going to be hard to do. It's going to take a lot of organization, but we have to do it. We, we, we just absolutely have to, or we all just need to stop talking about this. And so one of the ideas with the Roadmap to Liberty um, is that it's hard to get libertarians and Republicans to work together on things and, and Democrats, but what I see a lot in the Libertarian Party is there's, it's fractionated between people who are close to conservative and then people who are close to liberal and people who are close to being anarchists. And they can't agree on anything. And what that ends up leading to is nothing ever gets done. Because if there's something that seems like a half measure or a compromise, then no one ever wants to get behind it. You see what people on the left have been very good at doing. Now listen, it's easier for them because they have no principles. And so it's way easier for them to do this. And I realize that. But over time, people on the left have been able to chip away at their ideas, have been able to just get one little bitty thing at a time for like the last 100, 150 years. And I believe that we have to be able to do that to bring us back to something closer to, say, constitutional or libertarianism and see people could get divided on what I just said right there. So we want as a roadmap for... in. Five years, here's what we think doing these plans would look like. Here's the steps that would need to be taken. Here's our 10-year goal. Here's our 15-year goal. Maybe our goal is abolish the Department of Education. Maybe that's the end of the line goal for your train that we're all getting on. But we've also stated on this roadmap that in two years from now, five years from now, we want to have full school choice all around the whole country. A lot of libertarians might say, well, I don't want to get behind school choice. 
because the the government's still going to be paying for schooling. We're still going to have public schooling. Why would I care about doing school choice? We need to abolish the government being involved in schools. And so I'd say, yeah, I get that. And we want to work towards that. But before we do that, we have to work on school choice. We have to work on a whatever, a voucher program, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then from there, we're going to get to that point, And then it's going to be easier for us to go on to the next point after that. And so if people who just are only interested in the all or nothing solution, the, the perfect libertarian philosophy solution, they can get on the train with us and they can see, okay, here's the first stop. And I get that. These people aren't unprincipled. They're not making compromises. They have a strategy here. There's a goal. Yeah, that's the first stop on the train track, but we're going to keep going down towards this thing and we're all getting on the train together. Maybe some of these yahoos are going to jump off at school choice, but the rest of us are all working towards this and we realize that this is just a step towards that. A tax, a, a flat tax. Well, I'm not going to support Rand Paul's 14.5% flat tax because taxation is theft. And so why would we vote on a 14.5% flat tax? That's, that's saying that taxation is good, you know? It's just not going to be <laughs> reading some stuff in the group right now. Why would I, why would I support someone who wants to do a consumption tax taxation is theft? I'm not going to get behind that and say, yeah, I realize that we agree with that. Those are, here's our end goal. This is the train we're getting on some stops along the way. Some different train stations are going to be, maybe we'll reduce the tax rate. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll simplify the tax bracket. Maybe simplifying the tax bracket would lead to it being easier to have a flat tax. Maybe getting the flat tax would make it easier for us to transition to a consumption tax. Mm -hmm. Maybe doing that would make it easier for us to decrease the size of the government to the point where we could get to that no tax system someday. But we all have to get on the train together for us to actually go down the tracks and all arrive at the place that we want to go. All right. So anyway, that's just a little bit for you. I guess we could do a whole episode on this. And obviously we'll do plenty of episodes on this because this is a, this is not just some this is not just some kind of idea that we're just going to post about on social media a couple times. This is an organization and a movement that we're actually going to be building. And it's going to be, it's going to be really important and it's going to be a big deal. Kind of, it's going to smell of uh, rich mahogany and we're going to have a lot of leather bound books, Yeah, you know? So it'll, anyway, and it'll be illegal in seven States. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got two things to add on to that. Okay. Uh, you don't have to be a libertarian. To, to be a part of this. So those that don't identify as libertarian, that's okay. Uh, perhaps you'll be on one of the first uh, or second stop of the train, and that's that's totally fine. Um, the second thing I would say, if you don't like trains, we can think about this as uh, cookies. <laughs> Everyone likes cookies. So we can think about it as one. It needs to be a track. We need to think about it as one cookie, and we just take one bite at a time, <laughs> right? Or cake. Everybody loves cake. <laughs> cake has layers. <laughs> okay we're just building it's, one layer at a time so it's an onion okay or, 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 yeah sure yeah <laughs> whatever you identify as okay folks we're, we don't discriminate here okay but whatever we're taking one bite of cookie at a time this is the strategy by the way this isn't a new idea right it's not a it's not something new that someone's came up with um honestly it's very similar to the playbook from the liberals from the democrats <laughs> yeah you do one thing at a time okay Maybe eventually we'll get to the place where we can declare a free state, <laughs> right? Like they're, they want to declare DC as a state, right? So maybe, maybe one day we can get to that. We do it one step at a time, one layer at a time, one bite at a time. 
one stop mm-hmm. at a time. One stop at a time. <laughs> I like that right there. Stay classy. Anyway, you can get involved in this movement on the ground floor, building the tracks and setting the stops and whatever other analogies we can get metaphors and things like that we can go for uh, by going to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And anyhow, stop loss. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to think of it as a training, this is one trade at a time to get to the ultimate goal. And we want to create an uptrend for Liberty. We want to short squeeze. Mm -hmm. Liberty has been on a, (laughs) Liberty has been on a downtrend for a while. Okay. People have been shorting it a lot. Liberals been in there shorting (laughs) Liberty a lot. It's been on a steady downtrend. Okay. But they're, the short floats too high. Okay. We're starting to see some support. They've some been consolidation. Borrowing, they've been borrowing a lot to short this. Uh-huh. Okay. Quite a bit. They're mar- then they're about to get margin called. Okay. So when they get margin called, we're going to create a short squeeze. And we're going to pump some Liberty up. All right. <coughs> then we're going to get Liberty on a nice downtrend. All right. We're going to create a nice foundation. We're going to draw the trend lines. Okay. We got to actually finish this thing now. Patreon.com slash Liberty. That's where you can actually get involved in the change channel of the Discord server right here. All right, y'all. Charlie, Clo- do your thing. And you- some of that money is going to be used to fund um, the, the organization of this. So, yeah. yeah. So we're going to do some paperwork and get it all legitimized. And that's all going to take place over the next, over this year. Yeah. So, and you- we're just so everyone, I mean, the money really goes towards growing. Good morning, Liberty. Just so, just to be candid mm-hmm. with everyone, I don't take any money from Good Morning Liberty anymore. Uh, you know, I was siphoning money off the top and embezzling as much as I could, right, for a long time. And that's where and the just, pool's coming. And from. just hope, yeah. I mean, you guys want a pool for the 500th episode? What am I right. supposed to do? <laughs> Good Morning Liberty pool. Come on, yeah, yeah. all right. I don't take any money from Gmail, from the Patreon, from anything. Charlie doesn't. This is all going into the growth of the podcast. So anyhow. Um, that's that's uh, uh, do we have a new caller with a donation okay let me check and see all right. do a telethon <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we need 10 people to donate 50 dollars, and then we unlock the ipad <laughs> to be one <laughs> who's gonna be our next thousand dollar donator <laughs> uh we'll look up bitcoin and ethereum and all that too so anyway Y'all leave us that rating review. Make sure you subscribe to that pod to to this podcast, not that podcast. To subscribe to this one, <laughs> and uh, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. Share the show with a friend. Tell them about the uh, the idea. So we're we you know this is something that's going to actually be tangible for people to grab onto. Uh, so share all of that with them. This is the place to be. If you guys do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, instead of need to, needed to, <laughs> my predecessor. Oh God, I miss it.